Welcome to Shedding Shackles. Today's topic is False Promise. And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. Welcome, everyone. My name is Roland. The program is called Shedding Shackles. Today will be some old and something new. Some new content and also a couple of segments that are my favorite. One of my favorites. So let's begin. Today I want to talk about about the soul and how the soul is touched and how the soul is touched in either a bad way or a good way. And I'm going to start with the bad way and then I'm going to talk about the good way. The bad way the soul is touched is when something penetrates. In other words, someone says something to you that makes you resentful. Or someone is relentless in their tease until eventually you become resentful. In other words, you hate them. Can you see how the soul was touched? Or at some point, at some timeless moment, a fleeting moment, you saw something that touched the soul. It somehow invited you. It promised something. It had, it was like a mirage. It was like a, a little image in the mind, a little flash of a vision that promised something to you, some excitement, sexual pleasure or conquest or achievement. And it may have come by way of seeing someone who, who, who is famous. I'll never forget a picture I saw, and I won't say the name of the person, but I'll just say that it, it was a picture of a very, very, very famous person when he was a teenager. And there was a, a famous man who was visiting the area. And it was a picture of that of that famous, very successful man. And the teenager was there looking at the man, and you could see in his eyes and his face, you could see how impressed he was by that successful man. Well, that teenager then went on to become successful himself, but in a very negative way, in a ruthless way, in a vile way very successful. But I'll never forget that picture because I could see that he was touched. His soul was touched by excitement when he saw that famous man. And he wanted to be that way too. He wanted it. He wanted it enough to sell his soul. Now we've all had moments like that. Moments where, where maybe when you were very angry at someone and something approached your soul a will-of-the-wisp presence, a fleeting thought of getting even or proving to them something. You see how the soul is touched. It's very. This is very difficult to describe, but you may think back on your life and think of such a moment. It could have been when you were a child. You were out in the garden, and you were 
you were looking at uh, flowers or something, but then all of a sudden an image came to your mind that promised, that promised love, love, and it promised pleasure, a fleeting image, but you wanted that. Somehow your soul wanted it enough that it was willing to, this was not verbalized, of course, it was not verbalized, but the soul moved toward that temptation, let's put it that way. So I won't go into any deeper on that. I'll just say that the soul was touched. And it, all, it also happens when you see something that you want and you want it too much. You want it so much that you're willing to do anything to get it. The soul has been touched. So now you understand? Things pass us by that are shallow. Yeah, people say something mean or you see something that you'd like and you say, well, that would be nice, but it's no big deal. Or someone is unfair, or you see somebody that's famous and has a lot of money, and you think, well, that would be nice to be famous like that, sure. But it doesn't touch the soul. But then other times, it somehow penetrates very deeply and touches the soul. That's what I'm talking about. So what I want you to see is that those are the moments when the dark side, whatever you want to call it, it has made its approach and the soul kind of likes what was offered to it. I'm a man with a microphone, so I, people ask, no, I don't have a church. I do not have a church. I'm just a person and I open my mouth and I talk. And if what I say strikes a responsive chord, then that's good. Before you know it, that's the direction your life is going. Can you see how you were changed by that? All right, so that's the negative side, and that's what happens to people. That's what happened to Adam. And the temptation came by way of his wife, but she was only saying what she had heard. So there you see it wasn't so much, it was, it was, yes, it was a direct approach to Eve's mind. Yes, a direct approach to Eve's soul. And then Eve kind of went ahead and mouthed what she had heard. And Adam liked it. He liked the idea of being ambitious, of being like a god, of never dying, of having power and glory and being respected and being ambitious, he liked it. So his soul was touched. Do you understand? But it came through her wor through words and through her and through her. That's how it it came. And so ever since then, Adam and his progeny, all all of the men in the lineage of Adam and Eve, which we all are, they're affected by women, by women's forms, and by women's words. And by words, very much are we affected by words. And by, yes, the promise of greatness or pleasure or glory or excitement or a high or something along those lines. But now let's talk about the positive side. Yes, after a lifetime of having chased after temptation and chased after love and chased after success and chased after people telling you that you're a nice person and chasing after love, now... You cry out, 
and then God sends his light and your soul is touched by the light. You see your errors and you have a change of heart about them and that change is called repentance and now the course of your life is changed for the better because your soul now has been touched by God and his light. See, God said it very beautifully, very beautifully. He said, be still and know that I am God. Be still. So can you be still? Can you go in, in your room and close the door and sit in a chair and become still? Well, it's hard now because you become antsy, nervous. You begin to feel a vague something wrong. And what is the anxiety? It's the presence of conscience, which is from God, God's light. And so what do you do? You reach for something to escape from conscience, just as Adam escaped from under God's command to a false life of glory and selfishness and pleasure and ambition, an ambitious life. So we escape. And what helps us to escape? Daydreams, of course. That's what we escape into, don't we? But what helps take away the anxiety and the, the vague yearning for some presence that makes us feel like we can be great and glorious? You know what it is? It's food. We reach for food or for a cigarette or marijuana or for our music or something, but especially food. You see, food was involved in the Garden of Eden. It was the eating of forbidden food that introduced Adam into the world of beasts, the world of pleasure and pain, the world of the false life, the life where the only hope eventually becomes the hope of the next cigarette, the next marijuana, the next meal, the next pleasure, the next pill. Do you understand? Food helps us to escape. We stand in front of the refrigerator and we Look for something in it. And what are we looking for? Something to take us away from reality, from God's reality. But if you could come back to reality, if you could come back to conscience, then you would discover the beautiful world, the beautiful kingdom of God. And then that would filter down to your whole life and to every aspect of your being. And life would be the most wonderful adventure in God's kingdom. So food, yes, we have to eat, of course. But now food is doing double duty. It not only sustains the body, but it helps to take us away from anxiety, from conscience and from God into daydreams. So, learn to eat without drifting away. Learn to do everything with awareness, and you will be closer to God's kingdom, and one day you will be a part of it. See, there's a timeless realm, a realm of perfect patience, perfect love, 
perfect stillness. And when your soul, see, when your soul is aligned with God, then it is very close to that timeless realm. You're in the world, but not of the world. You're in the world, but it's a little distant. You're in the world, but you're very close to this timeless realm. You see, everything God does is magical. Look at a butterfly or the way the clouds move across the blue sky. Look at the sweetness in a little child. Look at the beauty of nature and you'll see magic everywhere. Well, God is perfectly capable of helping you get better, but you must find him, become still, and know that he is God. And you will find him, and he will come to your aid. In these challenging times in which we live, Roland has decided to make the complete four-part meditation exercise available for free to those who cannot afford a donation. The meditation exercise is a tool for dealing with stress and remaining centered. To listen to the complete four-part meditation exercise, simply go to SheddingShackles.com and click on the middle icon, Meditation. That's SheddingShackles.com Are you experiencing stress, anxiety, or unhappiness? Do you feel weighed down by the past? Stay tuned for a special message from Roland Trujillo, host of the Shedding Shackles radio program. For over 25 years, Roland Trujillo has been helping people shed the shackles of unhappy memories, consisting of upset, hurt feelings, and negative emotions that bind them to the past. Over the years, many people have listened to and benefited from Roland's positive message. Perhaps you too can discover the secret to becoming free from the past and moving forward to live a new life of joy and purpose. And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. Hi, this is Jeremiah Trujillo, the producer of Shedding Shackles. I'm also a pianist, and played some of the music examples that you hear on Shedding Shackles, such as Rufflet dans l'eau, or Reflections in the Water, a work by the French Impressionist composer Claude Debussy. Thanks for listening. We're talking today about uh, the soul being touched. And I spent a lot of time talking about how the soul is touched when we hate someone, when we become resentful. See, sometimes, especially when you're a child, things are unfair, people are mean, Things are said, there's tease, and so on. And yet, you don't like it. And yeah, it does get to you a little bit. But then, at a certain moment, you become resentful. It gets to you at a very deep level. And when that happens, then it changes the course of your 
life. Now on the positive side, after a lifetime of resenting people and being and wanting to get even and wanting to prove something to people, in other words, having reacted and responded to temptation, the temptation that was operating through other people, see, how did it get in them? How did the temptation get in them? It was because they too were penetrated. Now, you can't always help it. I, I gave examples of, of a seductive temptation, the, the presence of some, of some image, some fleeting will-of-the-wisp image in the mind of pleasure and excitement. And it could have been when you saw a movie. Yeah, you might have seen a movie. And you saw something in the movie that touched you. But the examples I've given of are of the seductive variety. And I think I'm giving these examples because I often talk about resentment. You can understand that kind of temptation. Somebody is mean or cruel or very unfair. And then you point it out and then they laugh at you and you hate them, well, you can see how that tempts, how that can touch the soul. A hate, and then there's a hate of father for having failed you. Hate of your mother for nagging you and bossing you, and her hating you because you, she, you reminded her of her husband who she hated. You know that sort of thing. That kind of a hatred of parents, it can ruin your life. You have to let it go. You have to let it go. And the whole purpose of this program is to help you see how you can let it go. And then you can you can refine the good life, which comes from God. But you have to be touched by Him. So here's the thing. I've given plenty of negative examples. Now let's talk about the positive side of it. We become stubborn. Oh, I wanted to complete the thought. I want you to see that that the people who tempted you, whether they seduce, whether they were proudly arrogant and strutting around and 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 uh, successful in a very crass way, a way that tempted you, or whether they were cruel and mean, or whether they were were unfair, or whatever they did, I want you to see that whatever got into them that tempted you, that whatever was operating through them that tempted you, how did it get into them? It got into them in, in those fleeting moments when they were kids and, and something seduced them in the mind or something made them someone tempted them to become very, very hateful and very resentful, you see? And that's how it got into them. It got into them. Do you understand? It got into them and then from inside of them, it then took them over to a greater or lesser extent. Last week I talked about partial possession and said that it's very common and I talked about possession and uh, it took them over and then it it they were like a puppet they were its vehicle and then it in them tempted you see you understand so it's like a virus they were they were vulnerable when they were kids and the virus got inside and then it replicated and then they went on to infect. Then it infected other people through them. You understand? Something like that. So, now that you've seen that, you can see how temptation got to you one way or another. It got to you, changed your life, altered the course of your life, altered what you did, 
who you hung around with, where you went, what you thought, what appealed to you, and eventually, you know, what drugs you took and what marijuana you smoked and what alcohol you drank to get rid of the conflict. But now, all you have to do is have your soul be touched by God in such a way that you see your error and now you're sorry about what you see. You regret the error. You see that you can't change yourself. In his light, you see that. But yet, you regret what you see. And that, that humble inquiry of God, that humble helplessness is what it is, is answered by God and he sends his light. And in his light, he then repents you. And maybe you have some little sobs and you may have tears flowing down your cheeks and you feel sad. You feel regret about what you see, but it's helpless. You know you can't change yourself, but then you also see that God is showing you. He's showing you so that you can be better. And now you change. You have experienced the touch of God. And now your life is changed for the better. Guaranteed, because he is faithful. See, all you've known in your life are people who made mistakes and people who were weak. Well, yeah, they were fierce in their defending their wrong, but they were weak when it came to temptation. They were weak when it came to, to the man was weak when it came to women, or the, or the woman was weak when it came to wrong men, or they were weak when it came to indulging themselves or spending too much, or weak when it came to resenting other people very easily and judging other people. That's all you've ever known, and that's the way you've become to yourself. But he is faithful. And even if you discover one day, which is not uncommon, that you hated God, you hated him, you blamed him, he doesn't hate you back. You see that. And in the light of his goodness and of his forgiveness and of his love and of his kindness and of his mercy, you experience the touch of God. And your life is changed for the good forever. Yes, what we all need is a forever kind of love. But what has happened is you found the love that is not forever. It's a, a love that's a betrayal. And whether it's a man or a woman, or whether it's food, or other people's approval, or a drug, or music, or poetry, whatever it is that seems to love you, it's not the kind of love that satisfies. And false love is the greatest seducer in the world today. False love. And so you must find the real love. The love from the Father, which is a healing ball, and restores you, and then restores your relationships. You see, when you were a child, you resented your mom, and you resented your dad, and people who were cruel. And that resentment separated you from the love within. Do you see how you were, you were tempted by hate 
to become separated from true love. And then, without love, you needed love, and so you looked to the world for love, to the very ones who had separated you from true love, and their love could never satisfy. It was just more temptation in various forms. Now you can see how that affects your relationship. You look for something from your husband. You look for something from your wife. But what you really need is an abiding love, a forever kind of love from the Father. Find it within. And now, please, a little announcement about my second book about relationships, Putting the Forever Back in Love. Oh, what a wonderful book. It's, it's over 300 pages, Putting the Forever Back in Love. I talk about how to improve your relationship, what to do if your wife asks you to leave, how to forgive and forget, okay? how to stay married for a long time and live happily ever after, how to develop character and learn to bear suffering and grow from it, okay? And how to have understanding when you deal with other people, okay? And how not to judge your husband so much and how not to resent your wife. Well, may I recommend you get Putting the Forever Back in Love. Just visit SheddingShackles.com or TalkToAPastor.org and you can preview it for free. It's also on Amazon. Putting the Forever Back in Love. I think you'll really enjoy it. I'm here to help you by simply awakening you to what you know in your heart, because that comes from God. That was the beginning. That was your innocence. That was your sweetness. That was your perceptiveness. And you've set it aside. Now you must refine it. So, may I recommend that you get the little meditation that will teach you how to become still and get a little separation from those thoughts that now pull you into them and those emotions that pull you into them. When you stand back, you're free to realize. You're free to understand. And you're free to be patient. But when you're lost in your emotions and your thoughts, you're not free. You are compulsive, and you move with impatience or anger or resentment. Stand back, and you will discover a whole new way of living. And you will also discover something else. Not because I say so, but because that's the way it will be. You'll discover God's gracious forgiveness and his kindness and life becomes sweet. Until next time, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. I'll see you then. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Shedding Shackles with your host, Roland Trujillo. Now you can listen to Roland anytime by logging on to www.sheddingshackles.com. You'll find lots of free, helpful information, and you can also order materials or make a donation by using your credit card. Once again, the web address is SheddingShackles.com. Please remember that Shedding Shackles is listener-supported. Thank you. <laughs>